Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a good one for you today. We are six days away from puck drop beginning the regular season. It came up pretty quickly. Um, I'm I'm excited. We're gonna be getting into uh, a bit of a, a bit of a throwback. It's a anniversary of Jordan Bennington's debut, so we're gonna get into that and sort of talk about uh, what we're expecting from him in this upcoming season, as well as a bit more uh, news coming out of training camp. The power play lines are not aren't finalized, but uh, we gotta look at some of the power play lines. Gotta look at uh, we got a, a scrimmage. scrimmage as well. Yeah, yeah. A, fun, a fun scrimmage. So we'll get into all that, and then if we have time at the end, we'll just go around for a little little tidbits of news around the NHL. Um, I mean, first and foremost, Tommy, holy crap, this time, one week from now, the, the episode, we'll be sitting down recording the episode, dissecting game one of the NHL season. I am so excited. I'm excited, but also nervous because uh, like we've talked about, like it's going to take, uh, potentially it's going to take a little time for this team to build chemistry. And right off the bat, you've got an absolute powerhouse in the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> as your first opponent. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm expecting them to lose, but I, I think there is going to be a bit of a learning curve and going up a team going going up against a team like that uh, is a tall task for anybody, much less a team uh, that just got a bunch of new players. So uh, I'll be happy if they just put up a solid fight, make it a close game. Uh, but if they win, I mean. Wouldn't be wouldn't be too mad at that either. So we'll see how it goes. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. Yeah. Can't wait to cover it here for you guys on the Locked On Blues podcast. Five days a week. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I feel like I mean, just sort of reiterate. We've been spending this whole off season talking about how it really feels like this is one of the biggest identity shifts for this team that we've seen in recent years. You know, they've kind of been that grinded out physical style um, for the past few years. You know, ever since Hitchcock. Uh, was the head coach and this is the first time it really feels like I mean again it, who knows it could still be like that but just looking at the roster on paper it feels like it's going to be a, a sort of a different style of blues hockey um, and I think that's where the sort of learning curve comes in um, guys maybe playing styles or or you know playing run certain plays that they aren't they aren't used to um, and again I'm not expecting I'm not saying I'm expecting them to lose but as we know uh, and as we've seen in, in years past, there there can be growing pains um, with this team, with any team. So we're you know don't don't expect them to come out guns blazing, you know twenty and zero to start the season. But at the same time, if they put up a good fight, if they show strong signs, uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. And I, don't, I, don't, I think there's no reason why we can't expect them to be a, a cup contender this year uh, and, and compete for the, the top spot in that division. Um, and I think. That all kind of starts with Jordan Bennington, and going especially back. because I don't think uh, Colorado has an elite tendy, and I think St. Louis does have an elite tendy. So if we do make it to the playoffs, that could be the edge that we need to make it past a team like them. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, sort of going back two two years ago today, Jordan Bennington made his his debut, his rookie debut um, against the Philadelphia Flyers, led the Blues to a three nothing shutout. Goose egg. Uh, and for the first time 
played Gloria in the locker room after that win. That was the beginning of it all. Uh, and went on to have a, a historical run, uh, set the rookie record for playoff wins for a goalie, which, <laughs> apart from last year, could have been broken. But you know, as long as the playoff format stays the same, will never be broken; can only be tied. So, um, record-setting season uh, from Bennington uh, started two years ago today. And I don't want to say he didn't live up to the hype in, in the next season, but he didn't. You know, he didn't. He didn't set the world on fire the same way. He was still a really, really good goalie, but. Um, I guess it definitely leaves it up in the air what to expect from him this year. Can he return to that absolute dominant form that he had in the cup run in that season? Or will we kind of see a little bit more of a of a steady yet not dominant performance from him and maybe rely a little bit more on the, on the, the skaters on the ice rather than just the goalie? Yeah, and it was a lot of fun to look back because I remember – I remembered when I was seeing all the tweets about uh, Jordan Bennington and it being like the two-year anniversary of his debut. Uh, I remembered an article that I wrote. Uh, actually, I think it was right after his his shutout win against uh, the Flyers. But I was basically suggesting that he might be the answer to uh, the goaltending woes that the Blues had. Uh, because like looking at his AHL stats and uh, all his like semi-pro stats, um, he just seemed like he was a a tower of consistency throughout. Um, he was hovering right around a 920 save percentage for the longest time. And then just absolutely exploded with the rampage the year before he got called up, went 11-4, and a 9.2 save percentage, 2.08 goals against average, and three shutouts in 16 games. And then, the, and then in the last four games before he got called up, he faced 125 shots and denied 122 of them for a .976 save percentage. So I I think it kind of flies under the radar because so many people not didn't know who he was, but he wasn't as high on the depth chart right. as some other goalies. Um, but those are impressive numbers, um, even at the AHL level. So to think that uh, he could come to the NHL um, and set the world on fire like he did, I don't feel like was that far of a stretch. And I don't feel like... Uh, we can expect him to have a massive decline anytime right. soon because yeah. of that consistency that he had. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think kind of what you're getting at is, you know, it was tough because the Blues have always kind of had a really, really deep uh, goaltending prospect uh, covered. Um, as Doug Armstrong himself has said, it's he thinks it's one of the most important positions to keep stocked in terms of young guys. So it was easy to overlook him because he's not necessarily like a super dominant goalie making exciting performances. But he, like you said, he's sort of a beacon of consistency. And and uh, I think that definitely reflected in the NHL. Um, and it just goes to tell, like, it, it, thinking back over his, you know, two two years and change, if you count the playoffs in the NHL, I think I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that he's had a straight up bad game. You know, and and not to say he he hasn't had the occasional stinker here and there, but I feel like for the most part he has been extremely extremely consistent in the NHL. And while that might not have led to the best numbers last year, at the same time he wasn't bad. You know, and he 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 sure he was hot in the in the cup run and didn't necessarily return to that form in the following season. But that doesn't mean. He was a, a bad goalie. He was still a really, really good goalie. It's just the expectations were so damn high because we haven't seen a, a rookie performance like that in, in forever. Um, but like you said, he showed his his potential in a- AHL, semi-pro, et cetera. And, and obviously the, the Blues saw something in him and, and you saw something in him. I know Tony X tweeted out, all right, Bennington, cup run, let's go. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't as much of a surprise as a lot of people made it out to be, I guess, when he came up and, and played as well as he did. 
Um, and again, I think there's no reason to believe he, he can't continue that pace. It's not like it was an anomaly. It's not, it wasn't an Andrew Hammond situation where this, this mediocre goalie had been, you know, drifted around his entire career and then got hot at the right time and never returned to form. He, he's always been good. He just never had the opportunity. Um, and once he got that opportunity, absolutely took full advantage. And I expect more of the same from him this year, if not even better. You know, he's it's third season. He's developing as a player, um, getting more comfortable and more confident back there. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to what we can see from him. And honestly, um, I, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to, to say he could he could end up in the in the Vesna uh, conversation this year. Yeah, not at all. Because I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said he doesn't have like a lot of bad games, and the bad games that he does have, like the ones right off the top of my head, um, pretty much all came in a bubble scenario, which is definitely extreme circumstances. So even then, you can't really make the judgment that like oh like we expect him to have these bad games in the future when there are actual fans and like everything returns to normal. And we don't know when that might be. Um, but the argument remains that you can't really make that judgment based on an extreme circumstances scenario, uh, like the bubble was. So, and like I said, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident, um, that he could be in the best of conversation. So confident. In fact, that I might even want to put my money where my mouth is. Uh, Tommy, you have, you have any advice where I could go to do something like that? You gotta go to bet online, dude. That's a, that's the one and only place for the for all your betting needs, bro. Yeah, hundred percent. He's right. He's right. If you like me, have plenty of hot takes that maybe the the general public disagrees with, and and you wanna you wanna prove everybody wrong, not just by uh, saying "see, I told you so," but also uh, put some money in your pocket at the same time. There's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On, all one word, and you'll get a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. And it's not just hockey; they got everything: football, basketball, uh, baseball. Even though that's not going on right now, college, and they got lots of prop bets. Literally anything that you could think of. It's your one-stop on. shop. It's your one-stop shop. They have it there. Um, and like I said, there's a 50% welcome bonus if you sign up now and use code Locked On. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's literally free money. You're missing out if you don't do it. Go to BetOnline.ag today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, and we will be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. Before we continue, um, I do want to take a brief moment to sort of address everything that that went on yesterday. Um, not get too, not to get too deep into it, um, but we did take the uh, yesterday off. There were some uh, previous episodes that went up, but we didn't record yesterday. Uh, we felt like it really wasn't appropriate given everything going on in this country. And we're not going to take a side or anything like that. But we just want to say, um, hope everyone stayed safe and uh, hope everyone you know can take the time to step back. And regardless of what your beliefs are, regardless of what side you're on, uh, just sort of not appreciate, but uh, recognize uh, the significance of what everything that went on yesterday. And, and I guess appreciate everyone that was there that was doing their jobs and keeping everyone safe and um, I guess reflect on um, the state of our country at the moment and, and hope that we can take a, a, a step forward uh, moving on from that day. Yeah, and I think uh, we talk about a lot how it's it's easy for um, hockey fans to kind of get caught up in the sport and not realize that players are actual people that have feelings. But I think in like terms of Twitter and like 
you guys as listeners, like it's it's a lot easier to talk to to like an avatar or a profile picture than someone face to face, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I think going along with that, I just want everyone to know, regardless of uh, what political affiliation you lie with, or if you disagree or agree with my views or not, I do want to let everyone know that this is a difficult time for the country, and it's a time for each American citizen within that country. So that being said, my DMs are always open uh, for anyone that needs to talk or just let anything get off of their chest. Um, I promise I'm not going to attack you for your political views or anything. I'll just be there to listen and try to make you feel better. So I feel like we can all use a little bit of that and just lean on each other. Yep. And we're, we're not trying to alienate anyone with this. I I hope it doesn't come off that way. Um, I think it's a, 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 an unfortunate, but good opportunity to sort of come together like Tommy said, like I said, regardless of your belief, political beliefs, regardless of your affiliations, it was a very, very difficult day for our country. And you really can only hope that, you know, like we, like I said, we move forward from it and we come together and hope that this can somehow unify us. And the only way that that can happen is if we put our, our disagreements aside for at least the time being to, like I said, unify and come together and, and discuss what went on in a mature, reasonable manner. And I just hope that, like Tommy said, his DMs are open. My DMs are open. If anyone is feeling particularly affected by what went on or just has thoughts to share, please reach out. Um, we're always, we're always there to listen. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, as a whole, just as a country, I think everyone's kind of on the same page that we should view this scenario kind of as a building block. Um, but going along those same lines, uh, the blues used a, practice or scrimmage as a building block to get ready for the season wow. uh you like that segue you like that I, segue I, I, there? interesting interesting <laughs> um and i feel like we should talk about it especially uh nico Mikolas rister because um <clears throat> that was disgusting josh it, it was and i feel like it was. It's almost funny in a way that we spent these past, you know, few weeks, whatever, talking about the depth of this team, talking about all the guys that could play, whatnot, up and down the lineup. And honestly, I don't think we've mentioned Nico Mikola's name once in the past few weeks. And That's he, what I'm saying. He, Perfect opportunity. I don't know. If he, I don't know. I don't know if he's a listener, but uh, it, he uh, he uh, for, kind of forced Just like his, to apologize. Forced his, yeah, yeah. He he kind of forced his hand. He, he said, "You know what? I'm not getting that uh that praise I deserve. I'm not getting." He was. He played a game or two last season. Looked really good and was always on the cusp of breaking the lineup last year last year he had a great t- training camp as well um and, and he wants to make sure that uh we aren't forgetting about him uh, like we did so for like Tommy said we, we apologize but also god damn is this does this team have a lot of depth <laughs> that's the thing too man is like you take uh, everyone always talks about you think of Mikola, you think of his size right and you think mm-hmm. of a guy big body like that mm-hmm. kind of like a Colton Pareko archetype you're like okay well he's gonna be a great defensive defenseman because he's got a long stride a long reach and he can just kind of like stay at home hunker down uh, and protect our goal and no one really comes out and says like oh I bet he's got a nasty wrister or I bet he's like he's got a booming clapper or any of these things are great I bet he's a great puck mover um, but from what it sounds like uh, everyone talking about at practice uh he really made some waves especially with that goal he got a he got a little woo from both benches so that's always nice to see yeah yeah um and like i said uh i think we talked about it on a previous episode too much depth is a good problem to have especially in the what's inevitably going to be a really weird unexpected unprecedented season um 
potentially even more so than the than the whole restart in the bubble just because there's going to be travel and there's no training camp and it's a shortened season so we can see guys like Mikola potentially getting more of a role than he would have gotten had this been a normal 82 game you know typically scheduled season um, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I, I think the Blues depth, especially their young depth, flies under the radar. You know, they don't have any necessarily world-breaking names. They don't got like Alex Lafreniere or Trevor Zegers or anything like that. But they have just so many guys that look really damn good when they play. Um, and I think that it speaks to, you know, that's how they won the cup. It, they rolled four lines of offense, who four lines that were really, really good every time they were on the ice and three pairs of defense that were really, really good every time they were on the ice. And I think that sort of comes with maybe them not sacrificing, but them prioritizing good hockey players rather than just flashy game breakers and then the rest of the lineup being sort of plugs. Um, and, and, it, and it's worked in the past and, not to say, you know, they, they don't have superstars, but I would rather have 21-plus NHL-caliber players um, and no Connor McDavid's than one Connor McDavid and no one to play on his line. Yeah, exactly, because I think, I think that's a very important part of, uh, like, dynasties, really, right? It's like, like keeping that continuation of success in playoff hockey um, and that culture throughout not only the team and the current team, uh, but throughout the system and instilling that in the prospects um, and drafting accordingly. And I feel like the Blues have done a fantastic job of that. Maybe not always getting like the top tier guys like you're talking about because they don't always have the highest draft pick because they're always around the 20s because they keep making the playoffs. Um, but what they do with that pick is get guys like Robert Thomas, who they're going to lock mm-hmm. up here pretty soon, get guys like mm-hmm. Jordan Cairo. Uh, who apparently had uh, the best practice out of everybody. Um, so that's promising to see. Get guys like Mikola, who's not like on anybody's list in terms of like a top prospect, but who seems like he could be a very capable NHL player. Scott Perunovich. Like, uh, the, the names go on and on of guys that are are seem promising are contributing um and are capable of contributing just because they're not getting that publicity or media attention doesn't mean uh doesn't really mean anything in my opinion absolutely and and we're talking about you know the the sort of longevity and the long-term success of the blues and when i think of longevity and long-term success i think of built bar there is no one that's been been with us here at the lockdown blues podcast longer than built bar they got a bit of a dynasty going you know honestly Mm -hmm. Uh, if you don't know first of all how uh, Built Bar is the best pro- best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious. Er, I didn't write that. They, that's what that's that's their words, not mine. But uh, they're they're right. They got eighteen uh, amazing flavors, including some with nuts, some without nuts. So whatever your preference is, you got the twelve originals, the classics, the the greatest hits, and then the six you got six brand new flavors, the indies, including carrot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. So if you got a sweet tooth, they're delicious and they're soft and easy to chew. And the best part is the reason why I love them so much is Bilt Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Bilt Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a diet or if you just want a quick snack on the go. All right, Tommy, peanut butter coconut almond cherry barcia or cookies and cream if i'm handed if i got all those which one are you taking I, i'm i'm kind of i got a hankering for peanut butter right now so let's go with that all right 
All right. So if you're if you're like Tommy, you want the peanut butter built bar, you're getting 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, and only five grams of net carbs. And that's pretty much the same for every flavor, regardless of what you choose. So don't miss out anymore. Go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com, and we'll be right back with the end of today's episode. All right, Tommy, there's one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap this one up. Power play? Oh, how'd you know? <laughs> um, there's no, yeah, no, but through the past few seasons, I guess, with, with a little bit of outlier, I forget, I was at last year or whatever when they had a really good power play, but uh, power play has always been a big struggle for the Blues, always been a, frustrating to watch, you know, like we always talk about, they need that guy who can take the one T, need better puck move, whatever. It's always been something that we've been, you know, here at Locked On Blues and also just fans in general have been calling on them to improve. Um, and then yesterday, uh, we kind of got a look at the, at least the initial power play uh, groups for the first time and just reading the names. Whew. The first power play unit sounds like an all-star team. <clears throat> power play unit one, Tori Krug, Mike Hoffman, David Perron, Braden Shen, Ryan O'Reilly. Give me, give me, give me your take. Give me your initial take on these bad boys. All right, all right, all right. Player by player. Honestly, Tory Krug, the power play quarterback we have longed for for years at for years now. We had Petrangelo do it for a little bit. We had Vince Dunn do it for a little bit. We had Colt Brego do it for a little bit. They all held their own, but we have not had an elite power play quarterback, and that is Tory Krug. That is his, the definition of Tory Krug. He is going to be at the point, slinging tape-to-tape passes, firing shots on net, keeping the puck in the zone, moving his feet, making plays for his teammates. And those teammates include Mike Hoffman, a deadly sniper who is tremendous on the power play, um, got a great wrist shot, and takes those one-timers that we've longed to see for so long and then moving on you got David Perron uh one of the most important forwards on this team if not maybe the most important forward last year um always in the right place at the right time always gonna have the puck on a stick can make magic happen knows what to do with it knows the right play to make whether it's passing shooting scoring whatever uh Braden Shen who's a sneaky little gritty gritty player take the puck away from you hit you hard but they're also fast as hell great with the puck great hands um, make good passes. He's got a wicked shot as well. And then you get to Ryan O'Reilly. And how is that even fair? Naming those four names and then also including Ryan O'Reilly. Not only is he a monster in the offensive zone, impossible to get the puck off his stick, um, makes ridiculous passes, has eyes in the back of his head. He is also maybe the best defensive forward in the Western Conference um, at this point. And, and having that on your power play, just that that two way monster that is Ryan O'Reilly, makes me think that that first unit is never gonna have that puck leave the zone. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking too. Especially like, because like with a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, you're like, okay, like he's he's probably one of, if not the best two way forward in the game. Um, so he's not going to be that dangerous in the offensive zone. But when you think about it in terms of like possession and like did the defense, let's say they finally get the puck um, away from this all-star cast of power play, absolute madmen. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly slides over and he's right as he's about to dump the puck. He gets his stick lifted out of nowhere because Ryan O'Reilly's just ridiculous at that. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that 
is kind of what you're uh, attributing that to is like they're never going to be able to get the puck out of the zone. And I agree 100%. Uh, with Crude, you got, like you said, the power play quarterback, puck moving defenseman. Uh, we've needed that for a long time. Hoffman, sniper, one of the best shots in the game. Perron, sniper, one of the best shots in the game. Shen, you've got a hybrid player who plays center or wing so he can score goals, but he can also be that playmaking uh, high hockey IQ, sees the ice well, um, and find those snipers. Don't discount – don't discount – all those, all those guys' defense. Shen, Perron, great in their own end too, and and grinding in the boards too, right? And highly mm-hmm. physical. So mm-hmm. I, I like you, like you were kind of getting to. I don't think this the first power play unit's ever going to come off the ice. Uh, but once they do, then you got to deal with Vince Dunn, Colton Pareko, Jaden Schwartz, Robert Thomas, and Tyler Bozak, and that's that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other realm of of <laughs> impossibilities. You almost have to game plan two separate penalty killing schemes against these against these two units. You know, the first unit is just firepower. The entire the entire unit. You know, every single guy on that on that line can can score a highlight real goal. Which I think, kind of just as I said it, I realized, holy shit, every single guy on that line can make their own shot, make their own play. Um, not to mention, there's friggin' five of them on the ice at the same time. You know what? I've so been that's thinking? that's you know what I just thought of. So I okay. Bear with me here, right? Because obviously he's a defenseman. But uh, what's the one thing that we always get on Colton Pareko about when he's on the power play? It's shoot the puck more often and hit the net, right? And hit the net. So, okay, bear with me here. Call me crazy if you want. But what are the chances on power play two we swing a... Colton Pareko down to like Ovi's office and set him up for That's a one I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh but my Vince god! Like, yeah, but but like I'm saying, you almost have to do, you almost have to come up with two completely different penalty penalty killing uh, game plans because those those units, while they're both really really good, are going to kind of bring something completely different to the table. The first unit is full on firepower, five dynamic guys who can make their own shot, and then the second uh, unit you got Vince Dunn, who's a good two way defenseman, uh, similar to Tori Krug, uh, great puck moving defenseman, can make plays. Colton Pareko who is probably one of the most difficult defenders to play against in the game at this point um, and also can create offense. Jaden Schwartz, who is just the definition of, of a pest to play against, um, always working 110%, um, making plays happen in each end of the ice. Robert Thomas, wizard with the puck, can do whatever he wants. And then Tyler Bozak is, is similar to Ryan O'Reilly and sort of that two-way two way player, but also is just very 